the episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Destin. I am your host, Shy McGinnis. That's my co-host, Destin Adams, or should I say D, Destin Adams. Uh, this show is presented to you by Horseshoe Huddle and SI.com. You know, if you need to read anything or you want to catch the latest information about the Colts, log on to that website. It'll take you to all of our articles, mostly Destin articles, because he's been on fire lately writing articles that we're going to touch on a bit later but like we always start every show Destin how are you doing I'm doing good man doing good been staying busy the Colts have been keeping us busy we're finally after like three four weeks of just guessing um, we're starting to get hires we're starting to get names to positions Um, so they kept us in the in the in the quiet for a long time guys but be, be thankful for answers now yeah, man. Uh, a lot of people was playing a guessing game, and I know there was a couple of hires that was disappointed. But we'll get to that, and we'll get to who they decided to turn to as other options became unavailable. We all saw Nick Seriani's, you know, press conference where he addressed kind of, you know, what Steichen had intended for his initial plan to be, but he was forced to pivot somewhere else and. Let's get into it. We can talk about it right now, actually. You know, no lead, no, no longer need to delay it or anything like that. The new coaching hire, one of the coaching hires is the past game coordinator. I know Destin wrote an article about it. Uh, it's Cam Turner. Uh, do you have any information that you want to share that you mentioned in your article about Cam Turner? Give him a little background. Yeah, so Cam Turner was hired as the quarterback coach, not the past game coordinator. Uh, had to give her a shot a hard time there. Um, did. <laughs> Go ahead. Cam Turner has been hired as the Colts quarterback coach. Um, cool thing about Cam Turner, notice, notice though, is he has not had the quarterback coach role for very long. Um, first room that he got to himself as a quarterback coach was in 2019, which was the rookie season of Kyler Murray in Arizona, where he's coming over from. So he has been the quarterback coach slash passing game coordinator that he got a couple years later since 2019 with the Arizona Cardinals. So worked he's worked with Kyler Murray from the start of his career up until last season. Um, so having that in the back of your head, he's worked with a young quarterback before. He's had success with a young quarterback before. Kyler Murray won Rookie of the Year that year. Kyler Murray won two Pro Bowls, um, not his rookie season, but 2020 and 2021, getting Pro Bowl nods. Um, before working with Kyler Murray, um, he was with Car- the Carolina Panthers um, in multiple different roles for a, a little while there. But in 2017, which is a year to kind of focus in on a little bit, he did get to be the assistant quarterbacks coach with the Carolina Panthers for none other than Cam Newton. So Cam Newton, Kyler Murray being the two quarterbacks he's worked with, adding that on to uh, Shane Steichen, who has worked with Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, both as young quarterbacks, got to work with both of those. And then we got Jim Bob Cooter coming fresh off a much-needed season for Trevor Lawrence, working with Trevor Lawrence and really had to pick him up off the ground to improve him. So – it's three it's three hires now, all that are going to be for the offensive side, essentially Shane Steichen being the head coach, of course, all three having an underlying tie to these young quarterbacks. Yeah, man. And when we talk about uh, Cam Turner's pedigree, he has NFL pedigree. It's in his blood, you know, as, as in relation to his family, that's coach. Uh, another guy who has family ties in, in the coaching tree is the offensive line coach. I know it's not Roy Estevan to much of our disappointment, but instead it's Tony Sperano Jr., a guy getting his first crack at having his own offensive line. You know, the son of legendary Tony Sperano, a former head coach in the NFL and an offensive line coach for multiple teams. Uh, do you want to share anything about him in particular? Yeah, I mean, so both, like you said, uh, we just mentioned Cam Turner, who is the nephew of North Turner, North Turner, who is a mentor for Shane Steichen, forgot to mention that. But yeah, Tony Sperano Jr., the son of the late, great Tony Sperano, obviously, rest in peace there. Um, he's going to be coming over. This will be his first time running his own room, which I think has shocked a lot of people with the importance of this hire, that they went a first-time guy. Um, I will say 
Um, Nick Sirianni touched on it a little bit today, so I don't feel like this is breaking news of any sorts, and it's been out there multiple places. The Colts had interest in Estevan out of Philadelphia, who a lot of people, including the two of us, really wanted as the next offensive line coach. The Eagles did everything in their power not to lose any assistance this cycle. They, um, I did hear that they offered a little bit um, of an incentive to stay. I won't go into detail of what that incentive was for Philadelphia or the specifics there, but they did what they had to do to keep people in place, which is why you really didn't see many people leave from that Philadelphia staff with Steichen, with Gannon, because we, I mean, the only person I believe who left um, Sean, is it Sean DeSini? Is, is how you pronounce it, is now the defensive coordinator in Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, the only reason the, he the was able to The linebacker's coach, right? He yes, was the linebacker's, linebacker's coach. coach for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And the only reason, really, he was able to do it was because he was getting interviewed for the defensive coordinator job. Mm-hmm. So that's not a lateral job. Philadelphia can't block that. Um, but F- Philadelphia did all they could to keep people away. So people yeah, shouldn't Rollis. be too bad about Nick, that. Nick Rollis. Yeah, Nick, that was, yeah. yeah, that's what it was. So, Yes, yeah, so not not too many people leaving the staff there, um, but I do want for Tony Sperano. I think to give the guy a chance. I mean, a lot of first time coaches. I mean, Nate Ollie was a big hire last cycle that had to, had to work, and guys loved playing for Nate Ollie this past year. We saw a jump in success in the pass rush department that we really haven't seen in Indy for a while. So let's give Tony Sperano a chance. Is all I kind of ask for with these fans that are against the hire already, um, but. Um, Shane Steichen mentioned it a little bit in his presser today um, when asked about the hire. Um, he said he went through an intensive search for each position because he felt the need to do so because hit the search for his job was so intensive. So he met with people, did as much research as he could, and he did not mention Tony Sperano Jr.'s name specifically. But when he talked about why he hired for the offensive line coach, he said he wanted someone who was a leader and was going to hold that room accountable. Um, so they ended up with Tony Sperano Jr. Because for whatever reason that he gave in the interview process, they believe he is the guy to do just that. Yeah, and uh, just another thing, another tidbit I wanted to mention was Tony Sperano Jr. obviously comes from the New York Giants, along with DeAndre Smith, who's the new running backs coach, also comes from the Giants as well. Shane Steichen saw those saw those guys multiple times this season and last season. You know, he knows that that running scheme really well with the Giants. And I happen to think that the Giants had one of the most innovative rushing attacks this season. The way they use Saquon Barkley, the way those guys blocked up front with very little talent. I think this Colts offensive line is a lot more talented than that Giants offensive line is. And the way they was able to scheme up production for that position, for the run game period, and the way they use Daniel Jones is, I think, will be an asset to whoever the Colts' future quarterback is. It's the guy that can be used in the numbers game, in a run game. I think that's very important. I think Steichen saw that, and I think he wanted some of that. You know, these coaches, they see things, and they admire different things around the league. And they find ways to get kind of some of that action. So if you have to go get an assistant to an offensive line coach, if you can't get the offensive line coach himself, the next best thing is to get his assistant. Or you go get a running backs coach that you may have history with, but a guy that's excelling with another team. You know, you see that and you you want some of that with your staff. So I think that's why he kind of target, targeted both of those guys. So um, so a little statement here from Seth I just want to touch on real quick. Um Honestly, I didn't know this like off the top of my head. Uh, shout out to Zach Hicks, who is a colleague over here um, at Horseshoe Huddle. The Colts actually haven't had someone with the title passing game coordinator, maybe ever. I mean, I, I, after he mentioned it today, I went back 15 seasons, could not see one where the Colts have had someone with that title. Um, I w- so I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Colts are not going to name someone with that direct title going forward, but... Cam Turner, who is coming over as the quarterback's coach, has recently been serving as the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator. Um, So I could see that they just have that responsibility given to him as well. Um, Obviously, Jim Bob Cooter coming over was a passing game coordinator this past season as well. So they have guys that have experience in that role. And then run game coordinator, um, I didn't do as much research on that to see if that's a position we've had someone in similar to the passing game. But it's a situation where – 
the Colts, for whatever reason, have not been an organization that have used that passing game coordinator title. Yeah, because it's typically been built into the the coordinator's job. You know, uh, the, well, whoever is the OC, uh, you may see it on defensive side. There's run game and pass game coordinators as well, and you know, it's typically built into the the OCs or the DCs' job. And for a long time, it was no need to even list it because that was just the responsibilities of that coordinator. But as the years go by, they try to create more positions, more opportunities for coaches that's in the NFL. So they they create these titles to give these guys, you know, like there's the new consultant thing and, and, and things of that nature. It's just different, different jobs. It's same jobs that other people had, but it's new titles for them. And that's why I think, you know, they don't have extensive history with the past game coordinator tag on it but let's talk about something that's more recent something that's fresh on the people's mind something they all got to witness if they was able to see it earlier today something i wasn't able to see well i was able to see one of them but i missed shane steichen's press conference so i need you to tell me all about it i did see chris ballard ones in its entirety but i need you to tell me what was shane steichen talking about today because ballard was just talking about strictly quarterbacks damn hell. i mean they're they're both up there very quick um, I think Steichen's mm-hmm. interview in total was 11 minutes. Um, really? So, and I mean, anyone who wants to that's in the media row can go ask questions there. So I can't imagine how hectic it is down there. Um, again, shout out to some colleagues, um, Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks, who are at the Combine this week. So seeing their content going on, make sure you're going following their stuff over at Locked on Colts as well. But so for Steichen, I mean – he did talk on the quarterbacks. He, he talked about the things that mattered the most to him, which we've, we've heard a lot of them already talking about the accuracy element. Um, but he really dove into the fact that for him, something that he has seen in guys that have gone on to be successful. He talked in depth on the Justin Herbert process and being in on the interviews with him during that draft cycle. And then just talking about Jalen hurts, who is being, one of the last guys to leave the practice field every time. And that, that point of it was that he wants someone that is in love with the craft of football, like having a quarterback who like, this is what they're obsessed with. And I mean, the Colts have had that in a sense. I mean, Peyton Manning was a football guy through and through there. That, that was the first thing they thought of when he woke up. The last thing he thought of before he went to bed. Um, we've had quarterbacks that have been through here that have been successful that that may not have been their entire thought process. Uh, I know some people may give me some hate on this. Like Andrew Luck to me never seemed like a guy who football was his be-all, do-all. I mean, the, the dude made sure to be as in-depth at Stanford for a reason, um, gra- graduated from Stanford with a very prestigious degree. Um, and then we, obviously we kind of saw how his career ended a little early. Um, I, I think – that is like a difference. We've seen a little bit of both. And then we've had the quarterbacks recently. I mean, Phillip Rivers, again, another guy that Shane Steichen's worked with, loves football. It's all it's in that head all the time. Um, and then we've had other quarterbacks maybe as of late that have not worked out that we don't need to mention all these names of quarterbacks we've had over the last few years. Um, but th- that was that was the most interesting thing I took from Shane Steichen's thing today was just him going in depth on the fact of being in that process with Justin Herbert, seeing what's worked with, with Jalen Hurts, and just talking about how this draft cycle is going to go. And everyone wants to keep pigeonholing it, depending on the hires that have happened. But I really every single day I feel more confident that all four quarterbacks are going to be available to the Colts via their interest. I think the Colts have that interest in all four. And we'll see who they like the most, and we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, I mean, you, you said you had to see a little bit of Chris Ballard's. Um, I'll be quick on that one. The most interesting part from Chris Ballard's to me was the talk on trading up. Um, you know how Chris Ballard is. He likes to say he, he sees what Twitter says. He sees all these things. He likes to mention social media all the time. Um, and he was just talking about how everyone thinks the best way is to trade up to one. And he, he flat out said that he, he believes they could get a really good guy at four, like if that's what they decide to do. And he mentioned the only reason they trade up to one would be if they have if they see a guy that is 100% top of the rest and they see him as the long-term answer at quarterback, then they would do, they would do what it takes to trade up which tells us a lot because if they do make that trade up and then we see who they take, 
I mean, that, that, that already is telling you because whoever they take it for, if they stay, they're going to tell us that's who their number one quarterback was. But we're always going to have that thought in our head, was it? I mean, with the Chargers, I still have that. The Chargers to this day have had people come out in the media and say that's who they had as the number one quarterback over Joe Burrow, over Tua, who went in front of him. But they didn't have to show that. <laughs> like, they didn't have to. And I just call bull crap because I think every team would have took Joe Burrow that season. And so that, that that's the thing that's just going through my head a little bit. On If they stay at four and they take someone like Chad here is saying with Anthony Richardson – we're not going to know if that's who the number one guy was. If they move up to one, whoever they take, we're going to know for sure that is who this team wanted above anyone else. Yeah, I think um, your monologue just now is probably longer than Steichen's press conference in total because that was just really, really detailed about what you saw, and I appreciate it. As far as Ballard goes, um, what I saw was him just – playing with all the chess pieces. You know, if you paid attention to some of his replies he was giving, he was kind of highlighting each guy's strength. You know, you can hear him when he's talking about Bryce Young. I can almost hear the names when he's describing different different attributes from different players. You know, he of course, he wasn't going to say any names. He wasn't going to tip his hand. and But he talked about accuracy, you know, the accuracy being one of the most important things that he really covets. And, and we know – He's talking about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, those type of guys. He also says, you know, franchise quarterbacks comes in all shapes and sizes. You know, he's talking obviously about smaller guys. He's saying that he don't think that they have to go with a specific body type. Even though with Ballard's history, you know, he's a traits guy, height, weight, speed guy. But we've never seen him really draft a franchise quarterback. So we all kind of got a clean slate when it comes to that. We don't really have precedent that we could refer to. But. I think he mentioned Anthony Richardson basically when he was talking about, yeah, it would be nice to have a guy that has some pocket mobility and escapability that can really, you know, threaten the defense. But he also mentioned he wants a big physical guy with the with the standardary size, like a guy like Will Levis. You know, it's it's different guys that he was highlighting. He wasn't saying any names. He was just speaking in general. But he he don't want to tip his hand. The worst thing he can do is let you know a specific quarterback that he likes because then you lose all leverage. You want these you don't want these teams to know you're desperate for a specific guy. You want to keep the board open, make people think that you're fine with whatever guy comes to four and if you move up, it's only because somebody has literally just blown you away at that point. And, and that's why I think Ballard is with it right now. But I do think once he gets together with with all of the scouts and with the coaching staff, once the coaching staff is fully intact, they'll settle on someone eventually. Now, when will that be? Who knows? Whether they feel like they have to go up for that guy, I, I, I think they do. If they do come across with just one singular guy that they feel like is head and shoulders above the rest, I think you got to go up and get them. But if you got these guys similarly ranked and pretty much on the same tier, there's no need to waste draft capital going chase one of those guys. You just sit at four and you let whichever one come to you come to you. But you ready for some Twitter questions? I think it's time for Twitter questions. Yeah, Rashad, I heard that guy from Alabama is pretty good. Oh, yeah, man. You know, really, really good. Even though he's only 175 pounds. Okay, let's get to the Twitter questions. Oh, before we get to the Twitter questions, if you guys can do us a favor and drop us a like, it helps make the content a little more visible to the just the casual person that's scrolling YouTube. We appreciate it. It only takes like a half a second, and it's free. I know y'all like free stuff. I like free stuff. So, And while you're there, make sure you go ahead and subscribe because we have some going things going on right now. Um, oh, tell them, tell them what's at stake when we get to 1K. Hey. Once, if we hit a thousand subscribers, I said by the end of the episode earlier, I feel like that was a little aggressive. Uh, I'm probably going to prolong that a little bit, but I'll, I'll say if we hit a thousand subscribers by, I'll, there's a group of us from Horseshoe Huddle. We're going to be together on Friday. So if we get to a thousand subscribers by, by the end of Friday, I will be filming myself going through the combine drills at my own home, and I will be making my own official RAS card using the math bomb, using the math bomb from the RAS.football site. Um, I can't do the Harlem Shake by myself. Come on now. 
I'm not doing it with you, so you're going to have to do it by yourself. But I will be doing all of the scouting combine events myself. and te- So getting those test results and finding out how athletic I am. And uh, we're just going to see if I can beat any of these NFL players, guys. Um, but you got to get us to 1,000 subscribers first if you want to see that. And I'll be posting those videos so you guys can laugh at my uh, athleticism in quotations. Um but make sure you guys are doing that. And I, I know there are some things that um, we got. We got Drake um, and Andrew. I know they they have some things that they're going to be doing if you guys get us over there to a thousand. So to see all those things, you got to get us to a thousand first, guys. So we're almost there. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Okay. So the first question is from is somebody at name that we rated already? I believe it's from Quan. His at name is at Quan three times blessed. We know that Steichen may have had some other preferred choices for his staff that are staying with the Eagles. Looking at the staff he puts together, how confident are you and do you see any major drop off from any of those first choices to the staff we have in place now? Yeah, so, I mean, like I said earlier, um, they didn't really leave it up to question today um, at the Combine. Nick Sirianni's comments where he – flat out said that Shane wanted people from the staff, but he had a duty to keep his good coaches in Philadelphia. It was interesting and rich to hear that said when Indianapolis let him take so many people with him to Philadelphia, but it it is whatever, Nick, Um, do do what you got to do. But yeah, there were some people that were wanted, um, I mentioned Estevan earlier. I- I'm going to keep it at that. I've heard a name or two that there was some interest in as well, um, but no reason to beat a dead horse at this point. The staff's in place. Um, I-, I think people are going to take that as a negative thing, that they didn't get all their first choices, but that's that's the reality of the business of the NFL, guys. Like that, That's that's what this is. When you're building staffs, a lot. Of, we were one of the last co- teams to hire a head coach even. So there were options off the board. Um, I, I know for a fact that Jim Bob Cooter is a name that Shane Steichen mentioned in his interview, wanting to be the officer coordinator for this team. Um, he had other names as well, just in case, because like I said, you have to have multiple options. Um, so he had interest in Jim Bob Cooter from the beginning. Um, and I think when you look at the overall offensive staff, I mentioned it earlier, with the direction we're about to go with a young quarterback and needing that young quarterback to succeed, the, the head coach, the, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback coach, all three have experience, recent experience even. So I don't have to go 10 years back to see these guys working with young quarterbacks. All three of these guys have done it in the recent history of their careers, working with young quarterbacks, whether it's rookie, second-year guys, and have had success with those guys. Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. I mean, those are big names to throw at you guys of quarterbacks that these guys have worked with. So that, like I said, that's that underlying key there. And that's why I don't think it's as big of a deal. And I'm pretty confident still in the staff because of that. Like I like the staff that they've built, even if it is a little more inexperienced than I would have liked. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of these guys, you can't really judge it yet because they've never held, you know, a disposition before, you know, coming from being an assistant or just a pass game coordinator you know, we haven't had a chance to see guys and the way they develop since they've held their previous positions. You know, Tony Sperano Jr. can be a great offensive line coach for all we know. You know, of course we would like Roy Estevan. And I think that's because it's more of a proven commodity because of what we saw him do under Jeff Stoutland. But that's an uncertainty as well. You know, just because we advocate for him and say we would like to see it because we want to see what was replicated in Philadelphia last year. That's no say that he could have came over here and it was for sure we were going to get that kind of production. It's all a crapshoot, basically. You know, you just want to do your due diligence and we get these guys in the interview room and pick their brain and see what their philosophies is and see if it kind of matches up with what you think. And then, you know, you can maximize the opportunity. And we all know we hope for the best. That's all you can pretty much do when you is be optimistic and hopefully you get some kind of – production out of these guys and if not you know we'll be looking at another chris strasser and be wondering how he kept his job for so long hey not only did he keep his job that man got to move laterally into the division chris strasser has dirt on someone in the nfl and i'm gonna find out one day it's gonna be a good 30 for 30 um the strasser files is what i'm gonna call it um but 
Well, that, that's a, that's a topic for another day. He's officially not a part of the Colts, so we don't need to talk about him anymore. Do you think Zach Kiefer will do a six part series about it? Ooh, I gotta beat him to it. We can ask him. We can ask him pretty no, soon. I, I, I say, yeah, we, we can ask him pretty soon, but I gotta beat him to it. The Strasser files. I'm I'm getting that thing copyrighted tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> like like ASAP. ASAP Rocky. Um, That's, don't ever in your life say ASAP Rocky on a podcast with me. Okay. I can't. I can't promise you that I will never say it again. We have I, no I reason to talk about ASAP Rocky at all, unless we're talking about Rihanna's Super Bowl performance. And which we can get into. Uh, <laughs> um, next question here is from Nathan Allen Barnhart. We have rated his ad again before at Real Nate 018. In regards to free agency, how much are you looking at a potential quarterback signing to read into their plans for the draft? Ah, this is a good question. Um, because I guess what what Nate is saying is basically, you know, if you see him sign a guy like Marcus Mariota in free agency, then, you know, they're they're probably gonna lean toward an athletic quarterback in the draft, a guy like Anthony Richardson, you know, somebody similar to that body type and that playing style. I don't even know if the Colts go out and get the veteran before that before the draft. That would kind of be tipping their hand. So that's what I think. I think they're going to wait and hold off because you want to get a guy that's similar to the rookie. You don't want to get a free agent and then have the and have to draft a rookie because he's similar to that free agent quarterback you signed. That's just kind of working. It's counterintuitive. It's counterproductive. So what you want to do is get you a guy, figure out who you want in the draft, figure out a quarterback, a free agent quarterback. That's these guys don't fly off the market, so there's no rush to go out and sign. You know, a veteran free agent quarterback, the the. Teddy Bridgewater's, the Marcus Mariota's, the Jameis Winston's, the Andy Dalton's, those guys will be there. Just, you know, wait till after the draft, figure out what kind of quarterback you want to get in the draft, and then you find a free agent quarterback that has a similar playing style to that guy, a veteran that'll come in, give that guy, show that guy the ropes, give him some advice, and then you go on from there. Yeah, I mean, th this is another reason why – I have these gripes. Every single offseason, you're going to hear the same things from me that annoy me. I hate the franchise tag, even though I, I want the Col I, I've mentioned that the Colts should franchise tag and trade Bobby Okereke. Um, I, as a person, just hate the franchise tag. It doesn't make sense to me, right? The second thing I hate about the NFL offseason is that free agency is before the draft. Why? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense. If you look across it's other really professional weird. leagues, that's not the case. The NBA, the draft is before free agency. Baseball. Like, we can go on the list. I, I don't watch hockey. No offense to anyone who likes hockey here, so I don't know. You guys let me know if that's different. But the draft should be before free agency but for this exact reason. It, it doesn't make sense for the Colts to sign a free agent unless – I mean, I saw Sarah Schmuel. Um, appreciate the support, Sarah, always. Um, so – Sarah mentioned Minshew. He would make sense for them to sign before in a way because mm -hmm. you could paint that he can do a little bit of both. Yeah, um, You would be comfortable enough if Minshew had to start for a guy. And he has recent experience with Shane right. Steichen. That's the part that so makes like, the most sense. He just yeah, did Yeah, so it. Like if you had to sign someone pre-draft, Minshew is who I definitely would rather. But other than that, it doesn't make sense to sign a vet pre-draft. And which kind of hurts the Colts in a way because some of those guys may. But the thing that helps is quarterback is a position where a lot of teams are going to be in the same boat there. We're, we're not going to be seeing teams rushing for these veteran quarterbacks unless they have to. So we will see um, what happens there. But I just had to mention, I hate the free agency is before the draft. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I just think it's working backwards almost in a sense. And I think eventually that will change one day. I mean, it's, we're probably years and years down the line, but I think it will switch at some point. Okay, who has the next question? Where is the next question? Oh, next question. Well, this this one you should be able to answer pretty pretty quickly. I know I'm off the top of my head, if, just in case you don't. Um, who's the youngest quarterback prospect out of the top four? Do you want to – I mean – That'll be a very quick question if we just yeah. do that. Should, should we just should we just like list the four in order? Oh, we can. Um, you want to start? Are you looking it up? Will Levis no. is the old. 
Will Levis. Say, Will, Will, Levis is, Will Levis is definitely the oldest. of. Oh, uh-huh. Well, I mean, unless you're a Hendon Hooker guy. If you're a Hendon Hooker guy. Okay, we'll, do, Hooker. We'll, we'll include Hendon Hooker. We'll do all five. We'll do. Yeah. Hendon Hooker five. would be the oldest at five. Mm-hmm. Levis would be second oldest mm-hmm. at fourth. Yeah. And it's uh, okay. not, not CJ Stroud. It's Bryce Young. Bryce Young, I believe, birthday is in. No, it's not Bryce Young. It is Anthony Richardson. His birthday is in May. And then they're all 21, by the way. Bryce Young, yeah, CJ saying. Stroud, and um, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson's birthday is in May. Bryce Young birthday is July. And CJ Stroud's actually the youngest. He turns 22 in October. So, so I he, knew the order. I did not know yeah. what months off the top of my head like that. So give everyone give shot a round of applause. Like that actually deep in there. I am sick. Okay. I am way too in deep on this draft class. I am a sicko. Please do not strive to be like me. I don't get a lot of sleep and it's affecting my podcasting. You may see me stutter a couple of times. That's because I'm having multiple thoughts at the same time about different prospects. So what's the next question? Destin? what we got. Quick one, but informative. So I appreciate the question there. Um, hey, and next... real quick, real quick, real quick before, um, is the age does the age thing bother you? You know, with Will Levis or, or him Hooker? I don't think I would let age. So like, I don't know if this is going to answer your question or not. But to me, I don't let age be the deciding factor of anything. Mm-hmm. Like I would not look at someone and say, "Ooh, they're 25 already. I'm not drafting them," and just move on. But if two prospects are close, Amen. We all love wrestling up in here. <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sammy Zane is that Sammy Zane? We're feeling Usi on this podcast. Okay. Everybody, huh? okay, yeah. I, I got you. But, <laughs> but um, moving on here, um, to me, like like I said, I wouldn't let twenty five stir me away from a prospect. But let's say you had Hinton Hooker and Anthony Richardson really close as prospects. You're going like I'm taking the twenty one year old. Yeah, right. like that. That's how I kind of view it. which is similar to me on how I view like Bryce Young's height issues. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think if when he wait, when he measures in below five eleven this week, that does not mean I refuse to draft him. It'll just, it just is in your head that if you have two guys close and one's five ten, one six four, we've seen more success with six four. Like there's less questions there. And then more so than the height, the weight issue. We, we, we just haven't seen someone be that skinny and that slim in a way because Bryce Young is kind of built like a slot receiver. So you, you just have to talk yourself into that. And it depends, it depends on the level of weight you feeling on your job right now. And I feel like Chris Bauer doesn't feel safe. So I just don't know if Chris Bauer is willing to bet his career on something we haven't seen before in a Bryce Young size prospect flourishing at the next level. Um, this is my brother, so I have to throw it on here. Um, he is an Anthony Richardson guy through and through. He will not see anyone else as an option for the Colts. Um, but he, he watched he watched one highlight reel, and that's all he needed was Anthony Richardson. So you guys let him know in the comments what you guys think of that. Sometimes it's, it's just that simple. you know. Sometimes you don't need much more than that. Anthony Richardson's highlight tape is, is a thing of beauty. I'll say you, that. Hey, I, I didn't say he's Julian Edelman, but that's funny. So Bryce, that is hilarious. You did call him a slot receiver, though. I mean, he is. I mean, yeah, that's how he's built. Five ten, one ninety. Go, go find me other position other than kicker in the National Football League that's sitting at five ten, one ninety. Running backs, slot corner, slot corner. <laughs> it's not many though. It's not. It's definitely not a lot of positions that where, where you're that small. So what else we got? Next question here from Noah Compton. Um, shout out to Noah um, for getting his gig with the Blue Stable. Um, se- new senior editor over there. So just want to give him his props over there and the Blue Stable where, where he came from a little bit. So respect. Um, question. What do you view as the most important position to address in the draft after quarterback, of course? Feel free to include hypothetical free agent acquisitions to make sense of your answer if you feel so inclined. Do you feel do you feel inclined, Rashad? Um I got a good idea what you're gonna say. Lewis, if, if Bryce Young was built like Austin Collie, Coll- it wouldn't be as big of an issue. If, if Bryce Young was taking Austin Collie like hits, then his career is gonna be very, very short. Just like him. 
Okay. Just, so, just like it. Gosh. What I want to say is, uh, I think I know what position you're going to pick because I just know you so well. Um, do you want me to tell the people what you're going to pick? You want me to read your mind live you, on air? You, you can say what you think I'm going to pick, and okay. I'm not going to react until it's my turn. You're going to pick cornerback, and I'm going to pick – I'm going to pick Edge. With the uncertainty of what's going on with Yannick Ngakwe, uh, impending free agent, whether he's bought back or not, determine how great of a need Edge is in my mind. And I just have this weird feeling. he I don't know if he's going to be bought back. Now, it did help his case, the fact that Gus Bradley is staying and he has that relationship with Gus Bradley. I just can't see Ballard breaking a bank on him. I know he's going to want to be paid pretty decent. If he can lock in somewhere around two years, 25, 26 million in the 12 to 13 uh, average annual value, then that would be a good deal. I think that'll work for both sides. I think both teams will be happy, his team, along with the Indianapolis Colts. But if he's not brought back, then Edge is a big need, in my opinion. You know, uh, Rashad, Rashad have- knows how much I like Will McDonald, the fourth pass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I may, Will- I may have been physically and just in general drooling over him at the senior bowl. Yeah. Um, Will, Will McDonald is, don't get me started on edge rushes, man. I'm, I'm pretty deep in on the scouting with with him. I love his game. No, Destin was pretty high on him at the senior bowl. That's actually after I dove in on him and he, he's a, he's a fantastic player. I think he'll be there at the top of the second too, unless he just goes out and kills the combine. Then that'll put it in. Did you it. did you see Mel Kiper's mock this week that had him go an eighth overall? Oh no, that's insane. Nah, nah I that, literally had to do a double take. I love the dude. I love Will McDonald's game. I do. It's no way I would take him inside the top ten. Now that's just crazy for, talk for any for anyone that's follow, has been following me for a couple of years. Joe Tryon a couple seasons ago was like my guy that draft process. Uh-huh. Will McDonald on the edge rusher class this year is probably my Joe Tryon of this year. Yeah, because I was the Ojolari guy that same draft when he was a big Tryon guy. And we still go back and forth about that to till this day. Till this day. But um till this day. It's I think edge is is the big need, you know, because it's such a premium position. It's in my opinion, probably the second most important position on a football field period, you know, I think quarterback is one. Uh, I know you can, I can listen to arguments about left tackle, but edge rushers, the, the name of the game is having a quarterback and knocking the quarterback down, getting to the quarterback, harassing the quarterback. And that's the best way to build the defense. When it comes to that, you have quitty pay, you have Dio, uh, Dio's a guy that's not a primary edge. So I definitely wouldn't consider him an every down starter at edge. I think he's most effective in pass rush situations where you kick him to the inside. So I think that would be the biggest need, depending on Yannick, though. If Yannick comes back, then I don't think Edge is as much of a priority as it is. So Rashad guessed corner. I am going to go corner. Um, I, I I do think the Colts have a need at corner. Um, Stephon Gilmore, solid signing last year. Cap-wise, it doesn't make sense to release him um, and let him go play elsewhere. So he's probably going to be here next year. And he played really well last year, so he's going to play well next year hopefully as well. Um, Isaiah Rogers had arguably his best complete coverage season. Um, whether you look into the stat sheet a little too much. I, I thought I heard he didn't. <laughs> I, there, there were some rumbles that some people thought because of some certain stats that he didn't have a good season. Um, but, I mean, co- coverage-wise, yards allowed-wise, the things that actually matter to me when I'm scouting the cornerback position, he had an excellent posi- had an excellent season for him. Um, yeah, it's a young corner. But the problem is, after those two, you don't really have any young upcoming corners on this entire roster. I mean, Kenny Moore, we don't know if he's going to be here. He didn't really look like he fit Gus Bradley's scheme. Um, he's been tweeting a little bit, so maybe um, they, they come to some terms and he stays a little bit, but I could see him going over to Chicago. So there's a lot of questions right now of what the Colts do at corner after that. So for me, I don't know if it's a free agency question, Noah, so I can't give you names there. I really like this corner class in the second and third round. Day two corners in this class, my 
one of my favorite things. They're big and long, man. Like they, they, there's so many guys that are like six, two and up in this class. It's ridiculous for the corner position on the outside. Um, so many guys, they're going to be really solid speed. So I'll give you a few names there. Cause I didn't give you any free agent guys. Um, Julius Brent Brent's out of Kansas state. Um, six, four people are projecting that he's going to run in the four fours this week at the scouting combine. Would love to get him on day two. Um, Darius Rush is another guy that really had a good week down in, in Mobile that we watched. Another guy with 6'2 size is going to have a good 40 um, and has all the traits that you're going to want at corner. Um, another one that this is this, it depends on how his combine goes, but people have him going in round two for some reason right now because of his how he performed a little bit in that semifinal round in the college football playoff. Keely Ringo from Georgia is really talented. That is and, insane that people think. Hey, I'm telling you, people all have him going in the second round right now. And wait till I after like this it. combine. <laughs> I, you I, wait till I, after I, this combine. He, 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 when I said Julius Brins could run the four fours, there's a good chance that Ringo's running low four threes, high yeah. four twos. Like, boy's going to be moving. Yeah, he's an athlete, like an athlete, athlete. You know, he's one of those guys that's going to test well. You know, his problems is more with the technical side of things. You know, some people wonder if he's just an athlete and, and not a cornerback. So we'll, we'll see. You know, hopefully he'll have a chance to address some of those things. But I think his stock is going to shoot. Uh, I think Brent's going to run himself right out of the third round. Like he may, he may possibly run himself out of – third fourth round consideration and right into the second that type of lit you know and, and the ball skills that he has you know you just can't you, you're either born with it or you, or you don't you know and he's especially, one of those guys. especially after Tariq Woolen last year yeah. people doubting him a little bit because of his size yeah. and thinking that it wouldn't translate as well um, and that his playing speed wouldn't be as fast as that 40 I mean watching Tariq Woolen this last year and now you're getting another chance at a 6-4 guy that's going to move in that 4-4 range I have a hard time seeing like people that have him as like a fourth, fifth round projection. Um, I, I just don't see it. Like to me, day two is his ceiling right now. Uh, well, his floor. I mean, like I think day two is his floor. Like I, I can't imagine he gets out of the third round after seeing what Tariq Woolen did last year and just looking at the ball skills he showed at Kansas State. He had a really solid week at the Senior Bowl that you already got to see with all these teams and he got to talk with all these teams and he's gonna blow the door off this combine. So I just don't see a way that Julius Brins finds himself on day three. But if the Colts find a way to draft him in the third, you probably trade back in the second to get him instead of taking him at the top of the second. That would value-wise. Um, but there's a lot of corners that could be a lot of fun in this class that I think the Colts should be in on. Yeah, Um and I'll just ask you, since we have we finished with our questions, we have a little bit of time to spare, you know, and you guys could drop some some players in the in the comments that you guys want us to talk about. Uh who do you like as far as wide receiver? Has you have you looked at wide receivers yet? What have you looked at? Let me ask you that. What have you had? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty in into just about every position at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you guessed corner earlier because you know mm -hmm. I have a love for the corner position. It's my favorite position to scout, so I'm Absolutely. deep in there. Um, I like a lot of the interior linemen on day two in this class. Um, lo looking at receivers, so first of all, looking at the Colts need at receiver. Luke, our boy Luke for camp, man. It's it's like he knows. It's like he knows. Ask him when you first heard about about Wicks, though. Go ahead, Destin. So, tell, tell the so good people. Technically. Me and Rashad had the pleasure to uh, meet with a Virginia beat writer last draft season. And at the end of the show, Rashad did decide to make an ask a question about Dontravion Wicks. Um, hey, you, whispered, you whispered. I couldn't hear you. you um... Um, but he did ask. But okay. I, I do really like Dontravion Wicks. Now, Don, he, okay. we, me, me and Rashad were going back and forth at the Senior Bowl. Um, because we, we, we were trying to see who was the receiver of the week a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I won't say the name of his because he may want to talk about him. But I mean, we can't draft him. We're not going to draft him. So, I mean, it, it he's a little small. To talk about. He, is, he is a little small. He, 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 he makes Bryce Young look adequate-sized. Don't uh, do that. <laughs> but Dontrevion Wicks, I think the thing I like about him is it'll all depend on his agility skills this week on 
if teams look at him as a slot or outside guy because he's like he's the size wise he can do both. Like that's the solid part about Don Travion. Like he's a guy that can go on both sides and play. I think he's going to run a good enough agility wise that people can look at him in the slot. Cause I think if the Colts are drafting a receiver this year, they need to look slot centric. Um, so that, that's what I would say I'm looking for, but I like Don Travion Wicks a lot. Yeah. I just seen uh, someone put in the chat thoughts on Joey Porter Jr. Freak athlete. Um, I think he's going to test really well at the combine. He's another guy that can be a stock riser depending on how well he runs and, and what his vertical look like. I think his on the field drills will uh, uh, be up to par. You know, you got to look at his father. He has good pedigree. Uh, he's a guy that can – I think he's looked at right now as a mid-first rounder, and, and I think that's where he'll end up eventually landing, you know, unless he just goes out there and do, does something unprecedented to, to boost his stock even more. But I think he's a top-20 guy. He's a first rounder for sure, you know, uh, in my opinion. And I don't even hand out a lot of first round grades. Destin's the same way. Destin don't give out a lot of first round grades. And um, a guy I do the Audible and Analytics podcast with, John Ledger, he's the same way. You know, he says he sees pretty about 14 to 15 first round guys in this draft. You know, most most people that that scout and, and watch these guys don't give out a lot of first round grades because first round grades mean you're a starter, a, a long-term starter with Pro Bowl, All-Pro type of upside to your game. So I think Joey Porter's right there as, as a first-rounder, in my opinion. And I think he's going to test really well. Yeah, cor- corner's a spot where the rankings are really dependent on the scheme you're running. So mm-hmm. Joey Porter is not a guy that I would throw into a heavy zone scheme. Um, I think he's a guy that will excel press man. Uh, I think he's a guy who you can tell his dad was a linebacker um, via how aggressive he plays as the, as at a corner. Um, I think Joey Porter is a guy who – Joey Porter Jr., I think he's a guy that at the next level, if he gets to go to press man coverage, like you can make the argument that he's among the best in this class um, for that. Now, the problem is I think a lot of teams run a set amount of zone to the point where guys like um, – Gonzalez out of Oregon. I think I think guys like I mean it depends on who you are, but I'm still high on Keely Ringo. Um, I'm, I'm, like it just really <laughs> depends on the defense you're going to run in this class. Um, but I, I don't see him getting out of the first round either. Yeah, uh, see, I got Joshua Maddox just saying. Do you guys think the news about Jalen Carter is going to make trading up harder? I doubt I mean, it. Uh, I mean, honestly, it may help. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. That's what I was thinking, too. A team may be more willing to trade back if they think, you know, that this may depreciate his value a bit, which at the end of the day, I don't know if it will. You know, I don't think this is early enough on in the process that if he gets all this stuff cleared before draft, like this isn't, uh, oh, oh, tackle. Like a a Laramie turns tonsil. This is not a situation to where a drug um gas mask photo is posted the day of the draft and yeah. teams are scrambling it's march 1st over a month um, over a month and a half is going to pass before the draft comes and goes yeah. he's going to still get to meet and talk with what ends up hurting the guy the most is he's not going to get to compete at the combine and do those things but the draft process has so many opportunities for these guys to meet with um, teams and do all these things now that c- the COVID restrictions are gone. So I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I think the same thing. I'll let you take this one since you was in love with this guy. You was being such a homer at the Senior Bowl. I'll go ahead and let you talk about Cam Jones a little bit. Hey, I, I like Cam Jones. Um, I, I liked Micah McFadden last year, um, and people called me a homer. And he ended up having a lot of good snaps in, for New York being a day three pick. I mean, mm-hmm. Cam Jones another guy. Boward loves those day three linebackers. I mean, Cam Jones has the speed, has the movement to play on special teams right away if you needed him to. But I think the best part about him is he's a guy that has coverage skills and pass rushing skills at a linebacker spot. He's too small to rush the quarterback entirely in this off in this type of defense. Um, but he is a guy that you don't fear him falling back in coverage, which is a nice thing to add. So if, Cam Jones is there in day three. I would love to keep him in Indianapolis and Indy, obviously. Um, loved him at IU, big IU fan. Um, 
we talked about one Carter. Now let's talk about the other. Um, on, did you ever get the chance to stand next to Andre Carter while we were at the Senior Bowl, Rashad? Massive guy. Massive. <laughs> Six, seven, long arms. And he's a guy who, again, has coverage and pass rushing skills. I would expect most teams are viewing him as a pass rusher right now. Um, he, he did drills with both at the Senior Bowl, so that was really good to see his versatility show out a little bit. But, I, I, again, I've seen people have him falling into like that late first round right now. And, I mean, he's probably going to be one of those guys that ends up with a second, third round grade from me. I'm going to have to dive into it a little bit more. Um, pass rushers is a little different because – because he's done so much, I have to like buy into him being a pass rusher. Um, I'll probably have a grade for him as a linebacker and a grade for him as an edge rusher just because of that, because of not knowing where he's going to go. But dude's huge, six seven, long arms, very athletic. I'm excited to see him this week um, at the Combine. But, I mean, he's a guy early day two that if the Colts decided that they wanted to add a pass rusher at that pick, like he could make sense. Yeah, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, Bobby Okereke and EJ Speed. While I was talking about linebackers, uh, I see they was mentioning that, you know, Camp Jones could be a replacement for a linebacker because the Colts are going to have a need. Um, I was talking to Jordan Schultz, and he tweeted out today about the interest that they were, ga- that they were gaining on the market. You know, it's a lot of teams that's talking about them. I echo those sentiments. People have told me. The same thing, I'm hearing people will have a lot of interest in both of those guys. Hopefully it doesn't become a bidding war thing, you know, and, and these guys kind of price themselves out. We know Ballot draws a hard line for players, and whenever, you know, the market kind of gets out above that, then, you know, he steps out. But I think it's imperative that you try to bring one of those guys back. You know, Ballot drafts a great linebacker, so – that's the one thing I can rely on. I, I do feel comfortable about him being able to replace them in the draft. But, you know, I think EJ Speed's just coming into his own, and if you can get him at a reasonable price, I think you should consider bringing him back. So I guess that's going to wrap this episode up of the Saddle Up Show with Shia and Destin. We will see you guys next week with a very special guest that we won't mention just yet. Um any closing thoughts, anything you want to tell the people? I see we only have four likes, and I'm, I'm upset because we have a lot of people watching. You know, that makes sense. I say we're at five now, but okay. Um, just really excited for the combine week. Make sure you guys subscribe to this YouTube channel, like I said. Um, get us to a thousand by Friday, and we'll have a bunch of fun content coming as well. Um, make sure you guys are following all of the stuff over at our website at Horseshoe Huddle. Um, make sure you guys are following me make sure you're following Rashad make sure you're following Drake make sure you guys are following Andrew Moore make sure you guys are following Zach Hicks make sure you guys are following Jake Arthur we love our team over here a lot of good content coming out a lot of good content that's been in the works so just make sure you're looking at all that stuff yeah man on that note we will see you guys next week thanks for tuning in peace